0: So we are continuing our study of the Antichrist, one of the most horrible things that will ever happen. It is the most horrible thing that will ever happen in the history of the world. There's nothing more horrible than what will happen to this world when the Antichrist comes on stage and all the forces of evil will be arrayed uh, against the world and specifically against the Christians. Uh, And so we're studying this. Uh, and we're studying it not because we will be here, but we will not be here, all right? You will be raptured out of this world before, before uh, the Antichrist steps on stage. You will be raptured out before the tribulation period. Uh, But we have a responsibility to tell a lost world about what is going to happen. And because we teach this is because this is what God wants us to do to bring people to the cross of Christ. Turn, if you would, to Matthew 24. This is Jesus speaking now about the terrible days to come. Matthew 24, verse 9. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And so you see, that's what we're going to be facing. That's what this world is going to be facing. uh, As the tribulation period comes to a head as the antichrist steps on stage. Uh, And so, we're talking here about the Antichrist and Daniel's vision of this. Um, and so we we focus now on the fourth beast, which the fourth kingdom, uh, which began with the Roman Empire, as the, as the angel said to Daniel. And if you can, turn to Daniel chapter 7. Let's just read verse 23, as the angel is giving Daniel an explanation of the vision. And, and we know the angel is Gabriel. Verse 23, he gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The 10 horns on the head of the beast, the 10 horns are 10 Kings who will come from this kingdom. And after them, another King will arise different from the earlier ones. He will subdue three Kings. He will speak against the most high, oppress the saints and try to change the set times and the laws. That little horn is the antichrist. It's not a kingdom. It's not a principality. It's a man. Uh, He will oppress the saints, try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times and half a time. What does that mean? It means this. And you say, well, I thought the church was raptured out. Who are the saints? Well, there will be people who will come to faith following the rapture. Okay? they will come to faith following the rapture. And here it's speaking of the saints. And that's, those are those people that are being referred to. So they will be handed over to the Antichrist for time, times, and a half a time. And that's translated as three and a half years, three and a half years. And I will give you other uh, citations, which will, will, will tell you that and give you that support. And so this tenfold division of the fourth kingdom develops gradually after it appears. And what that means is there's a group of 10 nations that will confederate themselves together, and that confederation ultimately will be for the purpose of destroying Israel. It will be in the Middle Middle East. The uh, Antichrist will rise up in the Middle East, I believe. He will get uh, uh, a number of those nations to basically unite with him, and he will effectively take them over. Uh, and that will really uh, be the uh, the beginning of the end. And so, we, whereas we study this, it becomes, the Antichrist will become the final Caesar of the world. He will blaspheme God and his people. That will be the total way that he will operate, constantly denigrating God, constantly uh, uh, blaspheming him. So the, f- there are four essential aspects of the Antichrist, and they are one, he will blaspheme and oppose God Two, he will persecute and oppress God's holy people. Three, he will try to change the set times and the laws. And what does that mean? It means that he will change the calendar. He will remove any reference from Christ in terms of the, of, of our culture. Uh, and, and he will try to abolish God's laws, uh, even in terms of how we live our lives. And four, although he will reach the pinnacle of power, the time of his power is limited. And here's the deal, and you're gonna see this in multiple citations. His power, from the time that he will actually render himself fully evil, the whole tribulation period is seven years. But he will really march into the temple, uh, indicate that he now is God, put a statue of himself up in the temple, and then from that point on, there will be three and a half years of literally hell. And that will be the time of his power, three and a half years, 42 months. Uh, And there are a number of citations to that, which we will go through. Uh, And so you will see this. Now, uh, I can give you this because, first of all, we see in Daniel uh, chapter 12, while you have your Bible open to Daniel, take a look at that. Daniel chapter 12, verse 7. The man clothed in linen, this is Gabriel, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, it will be for a time, times, and a half a time, when the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. So there you have it. You see the Gabriel standing, uh, rising above the river, dressed in linen, and, and giving this. Well, we have support for this. Turn to Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11, verse 2. But exclude the outer court, talking about the temple. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. Got that? They will trample on the holy city 42 months. 42 months is what? Three and a half years. Time, times, and half a time. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing when you study the Bible and you see these passages come in. Here's, here's revelation being given to, to John in a vision on the Isle of Patmos and ties in to the vision that Daniel has 600 BC. All right. And why it's God. Okay. Uh, God is, is true and accurate in every way. And I will give pa- power to my two witnesses and will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. So you see that there, uh, absolutely true. Uh, Uh, Take a look also at Revelation chapter 13, verse 5. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words, and that's the Antichrist, and blasphemes, and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them and he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nations. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. And so there it is. That's what's going to happen. If you're alive during this period of time, the Antichrist is going to demand that you worship him, going to demand that you bow to him all over the world, Um, And and one of the things that he will indicate and impose in terms of his will is that he will insist that uh, in order to buy things or sell things or to survive in the world at that time, that you will have to take the mark of the beast. No one will be able to buy anything. No one will be able to buy anything or sell anything without having the mark of the beast. Turn to Revelation chapter 13. Okay, And all of this is confirmed through both Daniel and Revelation 8. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life, belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. And there's another verse that I wanted to make a point of. That's 18 in the same chapter, verse 16. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. You got that? It'll be some type of holographic mark, some type of of tattoo. Uh, And we understand now, as you see these things even in the supermarkets, how this can happen. You'll either have it on your forehead or on your right hand. If you don't have it, you're done. All right. So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark which is the name of the beast or the number of his call or of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast for it is man's number. His number is six, six, six. Now, does that mean you're going to have six, six, six on your, on your hand? No, it doesn't mean that. All right. Uh, seven. The number seven is the number of perfection. It's the number of God. Uh, but the number six is the number of man. Uh, And basically, that's an evil number, all right, Uh, full of sin. And so some permutation of 666, whether it's a calculation of the man's names, numerical numbers of the alphabet, I don't know. It's not important. But what's important is to know that there will be a time when people will have to put these numbers uh, on their hands. And and so uh, the question now becomes, well, what happens? What happens now? Uh, when, when you are forced to put this number on your hand, what, what happens? And so the issue is, will you still be able to be a part of the kingdom of God? You've taken the, the, the number of the beast. And so is it kind of one of these, you say, well, you know, I'll put my number on his number on my hand, but I'm not giving him my heart. My heart belongs to God. Well, what does God say about that? Uh, will I swear allegiance to the man who claims to be God? Will I give up ownership of my life by, by, uh, by taking his mark? Or will I bow the knee to the true God and lose my right to buy and sell and even face beheading? Uh, what will I do? You either take the mark or you starve to death. What will I do? Well, take a look at Revelation chapter 14. And this is pretty serious. Revelation chapter 14, verse 9. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or on the hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb and the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast in his image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. Do you got that? All right, because if you're here, and I know you won't be, but if you're here, you've just gotten the warning. Do not take the mark of the beast. And Larry Thompson from Fort Lauderdale uh, Church, First Baptist, gave a brilliant sermon once in which he talked about this. And nobody was coming up to the altar for weeks upon time and giving their heart to the Lord. Finally, he gave this presentation. He said, so let me ask you something. What do you think it's going to be easier to accept Jesus? You think it's easier to accept Jesus now? You're surrounded by a thousand loving people. The music is up there, the orchestra, the choir. We're praying. It's just beautiful, and you're stuck in your seat. Or you're going to wait to the day the Antichrist steps out, and now you got to get a number on your hand. And you know, either take the number, uh, and if I take the number, I'm doomed forever. When he got done, 50 people came up. <laughs> 50 I'm surprised it was only 50. All right? I mean, that's the bottom line. We're facing some ugly days ahead. This is horrible what's going to be happening here in this world. Uh, and so we need, we need to be prepared for it in so many ways. Uh, And so uh, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm teaching you this. And obviously what's going to happen here is that the rapture is producing incredible chaos. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of people are going to be missing. Graves will be open and they're going to concoct every possible excuse to explain this other than really giving God the credit. Okay. They're going to even use ridiculous things like aliens have come to take, to take, that's what they're going to say. Um, and, And so uh, the, the question becomes, well, how do we know, how do we know now that, that, that the period begins to click? Well, the first thing we know is obviously the rapture. But then the seven-year time period uh, of the tribulation will actually begin when the Antichrist negotiates a treaty that will bring peace to the Middle East, enabling the Jews to rebuild their temple. Turn to Daniel chapter 9. Verse 27, he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. One seven. So I'm going to uh, spend some time teaching you the chronology of, of time that Daniel gives in one of the visions, and God speaks through the angel on uh, uh, in periods of seven, seven sevens, seven sevens, the weeks of seven seven. All right, it's weeks of seven seven. Effectively, what that means is a period of seven years. All right, seven years, and we're and we're going to talk about this uh, because uh, it's pretty clear that Daniel's timeline is like that. Uh, He will talk uh, in Daniel chapter 9 about the prophecy of 70 weeks of prophecy. 70 weeks in that timeline. Uh, And that becomes a critical timeline. I'm going to teach it to you because in that timeline of 70 weeks, uh, it's divided up. There's a period first of seven, period of seven. Then there's a period of 62. And then that's 69 weeks. And then there's a period, a final period of seven. Uh, And and so that's this final period of seven years. Uh, And so what will happen? Well, one of the things that will happen is the antichrist will come in and he will brilliantly put a peace treaty together between the Arab nations and Israel. How about that? The world will bow. This is amazing. This guy is brilliant. He has brought peace to the Middle East. The Jews And the Arabs are finally at peace. And one of the things that will happen is the Jews will be able to rebuild the temple. Until the temple is rebuilt, the Antichrist will not fully exhibit his evil way. The temple must be rebuilt. That's one of the keys that you'll know that we're getting into the the final days. Uh, And so uh, uh, Israel will have a peace treaty. There will be peace in the Middle East and the temple will be rebuilt. Why is that critical? It's critical because three and a half years into this last seven-year period, three and a half years, he will march into that rebuilt temple. He will set up a statue of himself. He will demand that the world worship him as God, and from that time forward, evil will be poured out, the likes of which the world will never have seen. All right? So that's, that's the beginning to understand where, where this all comes together. There must be a rebuilt temple. Uh, and so the world will begin to resist him. Not everybody is going to buy, buy into this routine. The Jews are going to go nuts. They're not going to believe that, that some pagan has marched into their temple uh, and they will pay a terrible price. Uh, and what will happen is there will be a war in the world uh, started by by this guy, in which one fourth of humanity will be wiped out, one fourth of the world will be wiped out. Wiped out. Turn to Revelation chapter six. Don't be frightened; you won't be here. Okay, just remember that. Revelation chapter six, verse one: I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, "Come." I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror, bent on conquest. This is, an, this is the Antichrist. When the lamb opened the second set, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. His rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. When the lamb opened the third seat, I heard the third living creature say, Come. Come. I looked and there before me was a black horse. His rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil and the wine. And so what happens here is a fourth of the world uh, is going to be wiped out in this Holocaust. Um, uh, And uh, most likely it'll be a, a nuclear Holocaust. Um, and so there will be continuing wars, and, and it will result in additional deaths in which another one-third of those still alive will be killed. Can you imagine? Revelation 8 and 9, another third will be killed. It will be an empty victory because in the process of his conquest, one-half of the world's population will be wiped out. I mean, we're talking multiple billions of people who will be wiped out and executed by the Antichrist as this whole uh, theater crescendos up to to an ending. Um, and so he's going to consolidate his victory by declaring one world economy. That's when the the mark of the beast will get will be put there. Um, and so he will exhibit his religious control. Remember this, he will exhibit his religious control because He will have a companion, the false prophet, um, and his religious authority will be exercised by the false prophet who will head up a pagan religious system. Make no mistake about it. This is all orchestrated by Satan. All right. As Satan effectively is trying to mimic what Christ did through his disciples, All right, And and, and through the Holy Spirit, here you see the evil being perpetuated by a false prophet. Turn, if you would, to Revelation 13. And I know you can't get all of this right now, but you can read these outlines later uh, and, and reflect on them. Revelation 13 verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, this is the false prophet, whose fatal wound had been healed. Now, take a note of that, whose fatal wound had been healed, meaning what? Apparently, at some point uh, in this process, uh, the Antichrist will suffer what will appear to be a fatal wound, okay? It will be some type of fatal wound, appearing a fatal wound. But what will happen is that the false prophet will apparently raise him from the dead, okay? At least that will be the perception of the world. And the world will stand and go, whoa, look at this. Look at the authority. He's raising him from the dead. Uh, And so you see how they will believe a lie. All of this, all of this is coming to a head as the world will basically be, uh, giving into evil and believing lies. And Jesus told us this. If you don't believe the truth, there's, all, there's black and white. You either believe in Jesus or you're going to believe in Satan. There's no middle ground, okay? There's no, there's no middle ground. You're either all in or all out. It's that simple. Uh, and that's what these lessons are about. Uh, and so whose fatal wound had been healed and he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven in full view of men. How about that? Hey, you remember Baal? You understand mimicking, mimicking the works of God, mimicking what's happened in the past through God. But it's satanic. It is satanic. It is demonic. All right. Make no mistake about it. Don't say that, the, that Satan doesn't have power. He's got power, all right? He's got power. And the only way we're protected is when we give ourselves over to Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus. And so whenever evil confronts you, I want to just say this to you, and all of us will have evil come to us at some point in our lives. When you have evil coming to you in your life, all you need to do is say, Lord Jesus I ask that the blood of your body, Lord, your blood protect me. I acknowledge you, Father, and that evil will go, okay? You don't have to fear anything. You don't have to go to bed being fearful of what will happen. You are protected. You're held in the palm of God's hand. Nothing is going to take you out of that hand. No power, no demon, no principality. You will be there forever. Uh, And so that's why you're going to be out of here. God isn't going to put his church through this. God isn't going to put his saints through this. He's going to protect them uh, in, every, in every possible way. Uh, and so you see this. And so there will be result in a mass slaughter of people in the world, a mass slaughter. Uh, and as the Antichrist becomes Satan incarnate, and he will, all right, Satan will take full possession of his body. Uh, he will become megalomaniacal, uh, and he will be obsessed with two things. He will be obsessed with himself and with the Jewish people. How about that? We get back to where this is all about. Satan hates the Jews. You understand? Because Jesus was a Jew. And so what will happen there is all of this world affair will suddenly get concentrated in the Middle East, right there at Jerusalem, right there as this, as this Antichrist will begin to torture the Jews. Uh, in in so many ways. Um, And and so when the Jews reject this blasphemy, and they will, he will turn on them and seek to annihilate the Jews, all right? Now, turn to Matthew 24, because now this all makes sense to you, okay? Matthew 24. This is why Jesus basically is uh, uh, certifying to us that Daniel is accurate manual uh Matthew 24 verse 21 For then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again If those days had not been cut short no one would survive but for the sake of the elect those days will be shortened uh and then go up again to verse 16. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, and remember that ner- terminology, the abomination that causes des- desolation, that is a phrase that will be used 300 years before Christ is born. Uh, Antiochus Epiphanes will be a an emperor who will come in and will, do, uh, will go into the temple and erect a statue of himself. He'll slay pigs have the blood of pigs strewn about, and that is phrased as the, the uh, uh, desolation of abomination. It will happen again with, with the Antichrist. It will happen again. So when you see, standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, underline this. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women or nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. Whoa, Jesus. What are you telling us? bad. I'm so bad that when that time happens, if you're, you're there in Israel, you're there, in Jerusalem, leave, leave your clothes, leave your possessions. Don't stay and gather. Just go, go out to the mountains, go out to the wilderness, uh, to try to save yourself. And so, uh, here you see this all coming together. In this incredible way, as this whole maelstrom is lifting up and getting worse and worse and worse. And now, in the middle of all this, as he's trying to destroy the Jews, as he's going there and trying to wipe them out, suddenly he will hear a, a rumor about other armies coming to attack him. Turn to Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11, verse 45. This is again amazing to me, as God lays it all out for you. Verse 43, he will gain control of the treasures of gold and silver and the riches of Egypt, the Antichrist, with the Libyans and the Nubians in submission, who will take over the entire Middle East. But reports from the east and the north will alarm him. Imagine this while he's doing this. He will hear alarming reports, and he will set out in a great rage to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch his royal tents between the sea and the beautiful holy mountain, yet he will come to his end and no one will help him. What does that mean? It means this. He will come to meet this army of hundreds of millions of people uh, coming from the North. Uh, We don't know who that is, but most likely it's probably China, possibly Russia uh, as they're coming to oppose him. And they're on the, on the plains of Armageddon. All right, right there will be massed The last battle for earth, the last battle for earth. And as this war is about to begin, uh, and as this world is being pulled about, pulled apart, Jesus Christ will descend from the clouds with all of us with him, following behind in one, this once, once great army. And he will descend on the Mount of Olives and as his feet come down on the Mount of Olives. The, the, the mountain will be split in half. All right. And he will utter a word. That's it. The Bible says a word. He will utter a word. And at that word, All of the evil doers will be killed. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of people will be killed as God comes back to set the table straight. Uh, And we'll talk about that next week as we finish up this subject. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for protecting us, Lord. I thank you as you've given us these prophecies and we know what's coming, Lord. Let us deliver this message to a lost world, Father, Let people who who have not accepted you know what will happen. Because we know the rapture could be this afternoon. And so we don't want anybody to be left behind, Lord. We want this message to go out. So help us, Lord. Energize us. Give us the strength to deliver this message and help our people. Give them the courage to talk about Jesus in every aspect of their life. Protect them this week and bring them back safely next week to continue the study of your word. We put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you.